Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Monday edition of the show. Glad to have you with us as we come out of the weekend and start a new week. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Thank you so much for being with us. Let's take a look at the show lineup today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got some headlines coming out of the weekend. Tamar Bates, we now know where he will play college basketball next season. And, of course, the IU spring game, I guess you call it. It was more of a fan event with uh, kind of an abbreviated scrimmage game uh, in the noon hour on Saturday. So we'll take a look at some of that as well and a few other headlines here in our opening segment. Also, later in the program today, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He's always with us Mondays as we take a look at the latest with IU basketball and more. And, of course, today on Monday, we have Chad Gilbert, the athletic director at Charlestown High School, who is with us on Mondays as we talk local sports. Chad, also a member of the IHSA executive board. Spring sports rolling along, travel basketball picking up steam. The transfer portal continues to dominate the college basketball discussion. And there is a little buzz around recruiting because the spring evaluation period for Division I coaches is coming up also uh, later in the show, or that is the lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question, a comment, something on IU, something on local sports, uh, now's the time to get them to us. We love to include you in our show. And this lower off-season time, the opportunity for more discussion, and uh, love to hear from you each day on the program. Again, that number, 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, especially on this Monday, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And let's take a look at some headlines today. First and foremost, Tamar Bates, former IU guard, is headed to Missouri. It was announced on Friday evening. Of course, don't forget Bates became a father about a year ago. His daughter has remained in his hometown of Kansas City uh, while he played his sophomore year at Indiana. So 
going a little west to Missouri, takes him a lot closer to his daughter and to his family as well. And of course, interesting to think about Tamar Bates and Sean East, New Albany product from Louisville, perhaps sharing the backcourt responsibilities for Mizzou this upcoming season. And I do think it's going to be interesting to follow Bates the rest of the way in his career. He's a guy that came in as a late commitment to Indiana after a coaching change at Texas where he had initially committed to play college basketball. A lot of potential, came in with a lot of hype at times. He had some good moments for Indiana, but I thought really struggled to put anything consistent together. I really felt like coming into the year that Tamar would be a prime player for Indiana, that he would be high in the pecking order, uh, not just a starter, but someone Indiana counted on for his scoring ability and and other uh, roles as well on a regular basis, and it just didn't work out that way. So really was not surprised at all to see Bates enter the transfer portal. He did have a really uh, first-class message after he announced his commitment on Friday evening on social media, he followed up with another message to IU fans. He said, quote, thank you to the entire IU community for welcoming my family and I with open arms, especially at a point in my life where there was a lot of uncertainty. Regardless of how it ended, I am forever grateful for the opportunity I had to be a Hoosier. So very classy statement on his Twitter account from Tamar Bates, but it's so awkward to me, and I guess it should become more the norm with this transfer portal world that we're living in, but so awkward to me to see Bates in a Missouri uniform in Missouri colors. He did have quite the social media announcement. He had himself in a gold and black Missouri, I guess, road uniform, and his daughter in a little tiger outfit as well, like a mascot-looking outfit, so a pretty cute way to announce where you're headed next, but It'll be interesting to watch Tamar Bates and Jordan Geronimo whenever he makes his decision and Logan Duncombe, who be it, will be at Xavier next year to see how these college careers maybe come to better together better than what they were able to at Indiana. But definitely Tamar Bates, uh, someone to watch next season and uh, see if he can ever reach the potential that he had hoped when he came into things as well. Also, coming out of the weekend, Chris Ledlam from Harvard, Uh, Two big visits over the weekend down at Tennessee and also up in St. John's in New York, which the more you read into things, and of course knowing Coach Patino now at St. John's as a big recruiter, you do wonder because Ledlam, I did not realize this until last week, he is actually a New York product. He is from Brooklyn. And so will be interesting to see uh, how he connects there with Coach Patino. But uh, does he make a decision coming out of the weekend? Indiana still has three scholarships available as things stand right now on the 23-24 roster. And the fan base seems to be really anxious about how uh, this program will fill those voids for next season. Um, of course, Dalton Connect, he was on one of those visits with Led Limit. just worked out that he was down at Tennessee. Led, uh, Connect has also visited Oregon um, as well, so kind of interesting to see where he picks. But Indiana has had a lot of visits, whether they be in person or Zoom chats and discussions. Uh, of course, L. Ellis is another name in the portal that Indiana has shown some interest in. I read a report over the weekend that if he does not go the NBA route, Ellis could be leaning towards Arkansas. 
but definitely a lot of names. And if Indiana were to miss out on Ledlam, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. If they get him, I think Indiana has a chance to be in decent shape for next year, but he definitely is a big name in the portal from an IU perspective right now, and it's going to be interesting to see coming out off of two weekend visits for Ledlam if he's ready to make a decision on what could be next for him. High school basketball and recruiting is going to really take a step up because the 2024 class that has always been underclassmen uh, now done with their high school basketball junior seasons and are beginning their final spring and summer of grassroots travel, AAU basketball, whatever you want to call it. And this is really a time in previous years, other than the last two or three, where this time of year when the season ends, we talk a lot about in-state prospects and we talk a lot about IU targets across the country in the junior class, which are rising to be seniors. But so much of that spotlight has been taken away by the transfer portal in recent years. There have been some updated rankings come out recently as we gear up for the spring season and the spring evaluation periods for Division I coaches to get out and see some of these guys. So some of the high school targets are going to have a real push over the next few weeks as we start to see who is on their list and who they are going to visit here for junior year official visits. And of course, we found out last week that official visits are going to be a lot different because now there is no limit on how many a player can take their junior and senior years. They just can't go to the same school more than once unless there's a coaching change. But Indiana is involved with a number of guys in the on three rankings that I saw over the weekend. Dylan Harper, uh, a combo guard, a five-star. He visited IU back in November. Duke and Rutgers are believed to be the favorite for Dylan Harper. Of course, the Harper family has a connection already to Rutgers. Number three in their rankings, Indiana involved with as well, Flory Badunga out of Kokomo. Uh, He's made multiple visits to Indiana. Auburn, Cincinnati, many other schools in on Badunga as well. Number seven in the on three rankings, Liam McNeely. He's a five-star small forward. Uh, Indiana has been after him for over a year. He visited Indiana back in September, and I think McNeely has listed IU as one of his top schools at this point. Number eight is Boogie Fland. I don't think we could ever forget Boogie's name. Uh, Point guard, a five-star. Indiana has been involved for a while, but not sure they're expected to land him or be a favorite maybe if he were to cut his list even further. Number nine, Asia Newell, a five-star power forward. He's been on the Bloomington campus a number of times. Indiana thought to be a big contender for him. Georgia also one of the main contenders for Newell. Number 10, Bryson Tucker in these new rankings. He's a five-star small forward. Uh, He's not been on campus yet for Indiana, so been kind of a quiet recruitment for him. Number 15, Derek Queen, a center, a five-star. Maryland is thought maybe to be the leader, but Indiana definitely involved with uh, Queen, who is at Montverde, and we know Indiana's recent success uh, out of Montverde with Jalen hood Shafino, and of course before him, uh, uh, Malik Renew currently as well. So some big names there before him. Tamar Bates was uh, obviously from Montverde as well, but Indiana involved in the recruitment of Derek Queen, and the list goes on. Number 21, number 30, number 40, number 44, number 50, and so on. Indiana involved with a lot of these guys that are in the top 100 or so uh, in the latest on three rankings. So as we get ready for the grassroots season and some of the big events of the spring, the EYBL getting ready to kick 
kickoff. College coaches will be able to get out soon. Those are some big names that are highly rated that Indiana very involved with. So it has been a while since Indiana had a commitment from a high school player. Of course, they've had two transfer portal commitments here in the last three or four weeks. But uh, been a while. Gabe Cups, maybe the last commitment that Indiana landed. They had a little flurry of 2023 commits, and that's where things have been locked up for a while. But will be interesting to see as spring recruiting gets underway where Indiana goes, who they target, and the race that Indiana is in for some of these big names, what happens moving forward. IU football over the weekend, the spring game, I guess is what you would call it. It was a fan-targeted event on Saturday at Memorial Stadium. Lots of pictures and autographs and contests for fans. Great to see a lot of kids out on the field as well. We got to hear from Coach Allen afterwards with some updates on injuries and where the team stands heading into the summer months. But I think the main takeaway for IU football in the offseason is there is a quarterback race. Brendan Soresby and Taven Jackson, the younger brother of TJD, both played in the spring game on Saturday. Both guys had some good moments in the contest on Saturday. Uh, Coach Allen said that they were not ready to name a starter yet, but just based on some of his comments, it did seem like there might be a pecking order in the IU football race this offseason. That hasn't always been the feel in recent years. It's kind of been a game-time decision, at least for the public to learn, for fans to learn leading up to the first game or really kickoff of the first game. But it does seem that, uh, internally at least, Soresby and Jackson, there's a bit of a pecking order. I know a couple people wrote about the spring uh, happenings over the weekend and thought maybe that Soresby is in the lead. So uh, interesting to see how the IU football race plays uh, off in the offseason. One thing for sure, Donovan McCauley, I did think he was impressive over the weekend. He had a one-handed catch for the Hoosiers. I saw some highlight videos of that. He's going to be one of the exciting players, I think, to watch for IU football this season. But other than that, a lot of question marks, maybe some potential in certain areas for this IU football team really feel like kind of unknown as we head into the spring months and the summer months for IU football. Uh, But definitely the quarterback race and Donovan McCauley, uh, an exciting player. Those are a few things to pay attention to here in the offseason as well. As far as local sports goes, lots of high school baseball over the weekend. New Albany and Jeff in a big baseball game coming up on Wednesday night as well. That will be fun to see the Bulldogs and the Red Devils. My take on that one early on in the season is I think it should be a good matchup. New Albany and Floyd with the Highlanders, I've said the area's favorite, was pretty competitive. New Albany kept it close. New Albany also reasonably close in a road loss Friday night down at Jasper. Then they turn around and lose on Saturday to Charlestown. But I do think New Albany and Jeff should be a fairly good game on Wednesday. And that's always a fun game that brings out a lot of fans uh, for a uh, early season baseball game. So keep that on your schedule for Wednesday night. Did want to mention that Rick Bozich of WDRB, who's been a great friend for years and just a Hall of Fame guy covering sports, both as a reporter and as a person for years, he was inducted into the Indiana Sports Writers and Sportscasters 
Hall of Fame on Sunday afternoon in Indianapolis. Another big career honor for Bozich, who has been inducted into a few different Hall of Fames over the years, but great to see him be inducted into the Indiana Sports Writers and Sportscasters Hall of Fame. Of course, he began his career as a newspaper writer up in northwest Indiana and has been uh, with the Courier-Journal and now WDRB in the Louisville market for so long now. And uh, what a job he has done. Eric Crawford, his colleague for years at the Courier-Journal, and now at WDRB, had a great column on Bozich on Sunday and really appreciated what Eric had to say about Rick. He's not only done a Hall of Fame job covering sports, so much in this area, Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana, but even in the Louisville side of things, he's always made sure that Indiana gets its due, whether it's the Hoosiers or high school basketball or key figures in our sports community on this side of the river. And, of course, he's kind enough to join our show from time to time as well to talk about IU and local sports here in southern Indiana. But definitely a big shout-out to Rick Bozich, and congratulations to him on being inducted on Sunday to the Indiana Sports Writers and Sportscasters Hall of Fame. A great honor for him. There's no question about that. We'll head to a commercial break. Segment one in the books. Coming up next, we'll talk with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. We're actually going to start with some football this week with Zach. We'll talk with him about the spring event on Saturday. Get his thoughts on the quarterback race and other off-season football topics. And I'm sure we'll get into the transfer portal and IU basketball as well. So stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. And for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Monday edition of the program. One show note I do want to pass along due to the Louisville Bats day game. They've got an 11.05 start on Wednesday. We will not have a program on Wednesday, but we'll be with you every day this week. Uh, Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And I want to remind you the Big X Sports Radio golf card is now available. This year's card features Park Mammoth, Old Capitol Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supplies is limited. Get yours today, BigXSportsRadio.com, or call 812-725-1457. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, always with me in this segment on Mondays. And Zach, for the first time in a long time, Let's start with IU football. There was some spring activity over the weekend, a event on Saturday afternoon, very much oriented to fans and kids. But we got to see a little bit of a spring game, I guess you'd call it. And there definitely is a quarterback race once again this offseason for Tom Allen and the Hoosiers. Yeah, and, and I don't think that was a surprise given the, the, the incomings and the outgoings. And, um, you know, it's... It, it, 
if I'm <clears throat> can sort of handicap what we were able to watch, and obviously we didn't watch every portion of every practice, but I, I would say um, David Jackson had some good moments. Brendan Sorsby had some good moments. You know, if I'm scoring at home, maybe Jackson had a, a handful more that you know sort of uh, raised the eyebrows. But you got to remember, Sorsby's only been on campus ten months. Jackson's only been on campus you know three now about four months. Um, you know, that both of these guys have a lot of catching up to do. And um, I think, you know, Tom Allen said this post-game or well, post-whatever-Saturday was, post-practice, post-scrimmage. Uh, Saturday, the summer will be really important for both of them because that, and he's right, you know, you spend a lot of time in winter and spring kind of installing concepts, and then you have to leave a lot to your players to sort of put together in, in summer workouts now, there are some OTA-type um, activities allowed now for, for college football in the summer, which I think is great. I think it's very positive for the sport. Um, and I think it, it allows coaches maybe to build the, the framework for those player-led drills um, a lot more than, a lot better than they used to be able to. But it really is, I think, summer, you know, it, it, I think Tom Allen is hopeful in one of these two guys will really kind of seize it in the summer and, and, you know, will, you know, will just be the one that really steps up as a leader that, that, that really builds that rapport with receivers and different things like that. But I expect this to go on through fall camp. I, I wouldn't even be shocked if Tom Allen does the same thing he did last year, which is with Ohio state first up, doesn't name a starter, just we'll all find out on such and such day when, um, uh, what is it, September 2nd, I think, when, when Indiana kicks off against Ohio State, second or fourth, I can't remember. Um, I'm not trying to fast-forward to the offseason, please understand. Um, but it, it is, I think, going to go, you know, deep into fall camp, and that's not a surprise. That's, you know, again, these are two redshirt freshman quarterbacks. You, you don't, unless one of these guys is just a generational talent, you, you don't expect them to just sort of rocket ahead of the other. And, and as we've seen in the last couple, three years, Indiana may well need both of them because, unfortunately, quarterback is a position that, that can come with some injury concerns at times. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, obviously the quarterback race, just one of, I think, a number of things to follow for this IU football team in the offseason. I know we're all still in basketball mode, at least I am. So can you take us through other through some of the other offseason points to watch, whether it's at different positions or more general things with this team? You're talking football, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think there's, you know, I think there's a handful of things, and, and I wrote something after Saturday that we we, we published this morning. Um, I like Indiana's backfield. You know, they've got Josh Henderson back. They've got Jalen Lucas, who might genuinely be the most explosive player in the Big Ten back. Um, they added Christian Turner, a Wake Forest transfer, who was limited through a lot of the spring with an injury that um, I don't think is going to carry into the summer too far. But Turner's also a, a fifth year guy, so it's it's not you know. It, He's sort of the classic guy where it's like, well, you don't really need him to do a lot, certainly in terms of live periods. You, you need to make sure he's good with, you know, any kind of offensive install, that sort of thing, but you don't need him to go prove it, you know, in pads and, and butting up against linebackers and whatever else. Um, and then they've got a, a couple guys that I think can fill in behind them, but I, I, I really like that, that backfield room. It might be as deep and as, as playmaking, if that's a verb, um, uh, or if an adjective, excuse me, 
as it's been in a while. And I think you can see Indiana use a little more two-bat, maybe a little bit of, you know, um, Walt Bell is, is always happy to remind people you can run the ball out of the, the spread, you can run the ball out of the air raid, um, just because that's not maybe something that, that Tom Mummy did a ton of or Mike Leach did a ton of. It doesn't mean you can't do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see some, some creativity from Indiana in the run game to get multiple backs on the field and multiple backs involved. They've got two pretty athletic quarterbacks, and really even their, their third quarterback is a true freshman, Brock, Brock Lowry. He may be the best pure sort of you know ball carrier of the three of them. Um, offensive line, obviously, still a question mark, and you know is just going to kind of remain that way until we see them against live competition. You do feel good about the hire. Bob Bostad obviously has a, a, a great sort of track record and a great history from his time at Wisconsin, but you, you just kind of need them to, I guess, prove it for lack of a better term. But I also think Indiana um, got a lot better in the front six, front seven this, this offseason defensively. I think Linnell Carr and Andre Carter mixed in with some of the guys Indiana's bringing back to genuinely give this team the kind of pass rush it hasn't had for the last couple of years. Um, and that's so important. You know, if, if you look at Tom Allen's best defenses at Indiana, and I'm thinking about 2016, 2019, 2020, um, and he called one of those defenses. Kane Womack called the other two. Um, but one of the, the, the critical through lines of those teams um, was they were really good pressuring the quarterback. You know, in 2016, they were fifth in the Big Ten in sacks per game. Um, they were a little bit further down in 2019, only ninth, um, but they still had 27 sacks, which was a solid number. And in 2020, they led the Big Ten in sacks. And uh, I bring that up not just because sacks are an end-all, be-all, but because this is a defense that is built around what we call habit plays, sacks, turnovers, you know, tackles for loss, quarterback hurries, things that, that plays that disrupt an offense, not just maybe don't allow a first down, but genuinely move an offense backward, cause an offense trouble. And the last two years, Indiana has been one of the worst teams in the conference in its pass rush. They were dead last in 2021 in total sacks. They were 11th last year. They only have 37 across the last two seasons. I think that may be the lowest number in the league. Um, and they have just got to get better there. And they look like they've got the tools to do that. And if, if they do, then I think you can, you might see a lot of that, um, a lot of that sort of, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? A lot of that identity around, you know, creating habit plays, turnovers, negative plays, that sort of thing. That stuff comes back fast if you can stop the run and pressure the quarterback, and I think Indiana could be better in that area. Obviously still a lot to prove. They're going to be a young team. Um, they're going to be a team that's going to rely on some transfers, and again, there's some questions that can only be answered once the season starts, but... I think at very least there's maybe a little bit more intrigue in, in, in my eyes about this team than there's been the last couple seasons. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, little IU football conversation to begin the week. Let's get into basketball and the transfer portal. Obviously people wondering the status of Chris Ledlam, a big target from the portal. He had visits to Tennessee on Friday and then later in the weekend to Coach Patino and St. John's. Have you seen anything on his reaction from either of those visits? And do we know where Indiana stands coming out of the weekend? I don't think he's given any interviews 
to be honest. Um, if he has, I've, I've missed him. Um, I know it was expected he was going to visit Tennessee. I think it was expected he was going to at least like sort of spend the night with St. John's. He's from New York City, so St. John's is, is, is kind of hometown for him. Um, I know Indiana, at least as, as best I can maybe read the tea leaves on this, Indiana feels good about where it stands, but I don't think he has really given any um, – certainly any extended interviews in terms of talking about his process. I think he's just kind of going through it. I, I do, my sense is, unless there's something out there that kind of nobody knows, my sense is this is kind of it, and, and his decision is going to come soon, possibly this week. Uh, in fact, I'd, you know, if, if, if you were asking me to make betting odds, I would say I think this week is, is likely. Um, and again, as, as, as much as you can read these tea leaves, and it's always tricky, but um, I think Indiana feels good about where it's at with Chris Ledlam. You know, he has been a priority for Indiana basically since the portal window opened. Um, you know, he's a, a player that Indiana covets very highly, and you can understand why. Um, but I think that, that it's, it's kind of going to be one of those things where we're I think we're just going to sort of find out when he's ready for everybody to find out. I don't think he's, uh, um, I don't think he is doing a lot of talking publicly about the process. I think he's just going through it. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star out of the portal. Once you get past Ledlam, from what we can tell based on reports and interviews and visits and other things, who, who's next on the priority list for Indiana? Yeah, there's a couple names I'd throw out. Dalton Connect is a big one, and I mean, I think he's a priority for a lot of people. I believe he was at Tennessee this weekend as well. I think there was a perception at one time that he was kind of locked up to Oregon. He's a Northern Colorado transfer, 6'6", guard wing type player, averaged 20 points and I think about 7.5 rebounds per game last season. Shot well from three, I think 38.5%. Um, and, you know, he's he's been a priority player for a lot of teams just because he's got length. Um, and he can score, and, and you know there's there's no team in America that doesn't need more of that. Um, I think you know from from Indiana's perspective, um, if they've set up a visit with him, I'm not uh, aware of it at this point. But I know they've been trying, and I think you know it's it's at least a good sign if a kid is if if there's a perception in you know recruiting circles whatever that a kid is locked up to a certain school. And then he takes some more visits. Um, that certainly kind of gives you the, the the perception he's still open minded. So if any of them can get him on campus, that would be a big one, I think. And then beyond him, I know there was some talk about L. Ellis, but I don't know that that went anywhere super meaningful. The Louisville transfer, I've heard Cormac Ryan's name mentioned, uh, the the Notre Dame guard. I think he'd be another one that you know, in terms of profile, would make sense because really Indiana just needs more backcourt punch. You know, if, if They've got Kalel Ware, they've got Peyton Sparks, Malik Renew is coming back. If you can get Chris Ledlam, then you feel good about, you know, kind of that, that the, the big side, the rebounding side, the, the you know, rim attacking side of that 3-4-5, you know, those spots on the floor. And you also remember you still have, you know, the, the Trey Galloways, and I, I would throw in the Caleb Bankses and the C.J. Guns. I think both those guys you know, flash the potential to do a lot more than really what Indiana needed to ask them to do this past season. But you still feel like there's a hole that at what, at least in terms of we have to break things out positionally, we would call a two guard. 
Um, you know, is, is Trey Galloway your starter there? If he is, somebody needs to be giving you minutes off the bench. You also probably need somebody with or without Galloway that if they're not necessarily a true point guard, is somebody that can sort of make some things happen with the ball in their hands. I don't think you want to, you know, I, I like Gabe Cups a lot. I don't think you want to have to ask too much of him too soon. Uh, you know, anytime you're bringing in a point guard from high school, you would love to be able to ease them in and, and let them make some mistakes. I mean, even just think about, like, Jalen Huchifino, who's a, a lottery pick or at least a borderline lottery pick now, you know, going into the draft. He still benefited from that first month, two months of the season, being able to make some mistakes, being able to have some quiet games and so on and so forth. So um, I think that, you know, again, Ledlam is a priority. And then from there, I think probably you're going to see some, some backcourt scoring punch. Unless there, there is always kind of the, you know, a, a bit of, I think, a, a developing sort of attitude in the portal of if, if a player comes in that's just so talented, you know, you can't turn it down. And you, you, you sort of just take the talent and figure out what to do with it. But I think it's it's going to be Ledlam plus at least one more. They actually have, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm doing the, the scholarship math correctly in my head, and I'll check this. I know our, our good mutual friend Alex Bozich keeps this on his website. They do have three scholarships left for next season. I, I wouldn't necessarily guarantee they're going to fill every single one of them up, um, but I think they, they, they need and probably would like at least two more. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, we're talking a lot about the transfer portal each day on the show, and I mentioned some high school prospects earlier because AAU season is here. The coaches will be on the road soon, and so we should see a little bit of an uptick in high school recruiting and mentions of high school prospects. But your job in the offseason, as soon as the IU season comes to an end, so much of what you would do would be around recruiting and keeping up with big in-state players and other names that the IU coaches were having on campus and out watching during the live periods. That's still important, but gosh, it's changed so much with the transfer portal. I'm just curious how your off-season coverage of basketball has been changed and now dominated so much by the headlines out of the transfer portal. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it, it absolutely has changed. I think it's, it's kind of created a season unto itself here. And I think what's, what is functionally helpful, and I know that there are differing opinions on whether there should be, you know, defined limits on windows and things like that. But, you know, you, you, you kind of know that May 11th, the window closes, or as we like to say in, in European football, which has transfer windows that we are, we are fond of saying the window slams shut. The windows never shut quietly. It always slams shut on deadline day. Um, you know, but you kind of know that everybody's got to get their, their work done here in this confined period. And you are definitely balancing, you know, I mean, listen, there's, there's a live period coming up for high school recruiting. So you're, you know, you're, you're balancing, you're, you're kind of having to prioritize between, are we going to send all our staffers out over the weekend on high school recruiting? Or are we going to bring, you know, keep some of them home because we need to have some, you know, we need to have visitors for portal, whatever. And that really just kind of comes down to the individual teams. I mean, it's worth saying Indiana didn't have a, a single portal transfer last year. You know, they had Malik Renew in the spring. That was pretty much it. Outside that, it was figuring out, you know, um, is Trace Jackson Davis coming back? And you know, is anybody else going to go in the portal? And, you know, I think the uh, the other one is uh, was, was Ray Thompson. We didn't know what Ray, Ray Thompson was going to opt in for that sixth year. The point is, it's the portal's added a layer. Um I, it's still just kind of, you know, spring is roster churn season. 
and you're you're just kind of used to it. So you're trying to figure out, you know, what matters and what doesn't. And some years, the school you cover is going to be more active, and some years it's going to be a little quieter. But I think from from Indiana's perspective, for example, looking at this off season, we could have seen, you know, we could have seen it coming that Indiana was going to be incredibly active in the portal. Um, and I think that that it's no surprise um, that this team is in its current form is really prioritizing transfer recruiting, you know, at, at this stage of the calendar. So it's just kind of, it's all part of it, but listen, you know, the, the flip side is um, you're not on the road. You're not, you know, you're not, um, you know, you're not crashing nights in hotel rooms and I'm not having to FaceTime my kids and all that. So it's, it's, it's all six and one half dozen. And, and it also, you know, you know, the rhythm slows down May 11th, the window closes, um, that's also obviously when a lot of these kids get to go home for a little while. There aren't organized workouts until June, and then things will kind of quietly gear up behind the scenes, and, and we'll build toward uh, next fall. But it's just it's all part of the calendar. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. You can hear him here on Mondays and read his work at IndyStar.com slash sports. Zach, thanks for the chat. We'll talk with you next Monday. Absolutely. Thanks for having me as always. All right, we will head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert, the athletic director at Charlestown and IHSA executive board member, he's going to join us. And how about this? Somebody just sent me a link that uh, Providence has offered a class of 2025 four-star guard, Kyan Anthony, who is the son of Carmelo Anthony. I don't know anything about his game I know he's at Long Island Lutheran, which is a powerhouse school there in New York. But Carmelo Anthony and Mike Woodson have a well-documented, great relationship. So it'll be interesting to see if Indiana gets involved in the race for Carmelo's son. We'll head to a break. We're back with Chad. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's we're missing for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here? Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Chad Gilbert is with me Mondays. We take a look at local sports here in the area. Chad is the athletic director at Charlestown High School and also an IHSA executive board member representing our area. Chad, before we get into the local stuff, you know, I got to find a way to talk a little basketball with you. So the NBA playoffs underway this weekend, some intriguing early games. And for the first time in a long time, I think the NBA playoffs are wide open. I know we have some people that listen that like the NBA, others that stick to their college and high school hoops. But this time of year, it's all we got, Chad. It's all we got. is as, It's as good as it gets, Matt. If you think about this time of the year, it's, you know, it's the best of seven, so the best teams are going to win. But what's going to happen on that is every night. I mean, I saw last night uh, 
uh, Leonard and Devin Booker both diving on the floor for loose balls. You know how many millions of dollars are diving after that loose ball, Matt? That's a lot of money on the floor. <laughs> but, you know, these guys are playing, again, you got to get home court advantage, survive in advance, and playing for the big stakes. Uh, as a fan, it doesn't get any better. You know, a game ended last night at 10 o'clock, and I thought, man, this is a good night. I'd be dang if don't uh, wait a second, and they said, here comes our next game. We're, we're going to break in for it. So there's great games, a lot of games to be part of, and it's uh, you, you know you're seeing the best of the best out there in the pros. Those guys are mad. It's amazing. We've been to three or four Pacer games this year. It's amazing how big these guys are, how skilled they are, and just how athletic they are. You know, if you go to high school games, you see a kid go up and dunk, you say, wow, that's athletic. You know, in, in the pros, it's just so, 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 so much different. And, you know, I think you, it's almost like um, – Oh, the Kentucky Derby or something. You know, those those types of horses, you know, they just stand out different. These types of players are just stand out so much different because they're just, I mean, just so smooth, effortless, athletic, strong, quick. And it's, it's just amazing how good these pros are. And the ones playing in the playoffs are the best of the best. So, you know, it's, it's really something that uh, – great to watch and really something as a basketball fan and as a, just a sports fan, you appreciate the level of athleticism out there. Yeah, no question about it. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, gearing up for a big spring, and it's hard to believe it's going to be May before you know it. We'll be talking about postseason spring sports and the end of the school year, as crazy as that sounds, but it's been a big week or so for baseball. We've got New Albany and Jeff coming up on Wednesday night. And then your Charlestown team, after New Albany lost but played solid on the road at a good, good Jasper program, Charlestown beat New Albany on Saturday. I know that was a big baseball win for the Pirates. So it's all baseball, all softball, all spring sports right now from a high school perspective. Matt, Matt last week you could not have asked for a better week weather-wise. An AD's dream. Every game went off uh, as expected. No rain delays, no rain outs. Uh, a great night for fans to come out and support their local teams, and a great night for players. You know, so so often in the spring, you get three or four days of rain in a row, and it washes out games. Last week was something that I've not seen in ten years as an AD this early in the year. You know, the, the trees are budding, the flowers are blooming. It's just beautiful out right now, and hopefully, we can continue to get this a little bit more this week. But there's some great, you know, we've talked about the talent in basketball in the area, but the talent in baseball we've touched on before is just unmatched in southern Indiana. And our Pirates at Charleston, we're playing well right now. You know, we're undefeated. Our, our softball team is really, really good, too. Uh, we At spring sports, our track teams are, you know, are, are defending champions. And so we're, we're in a good spot up here for our spring sports. But it's a great time to be a spring sport athlete in southern Indiana for as much as anything. Just the, the great weather. Chad Gilbert, Athletic Director at Charlestown, my guest. We talk local sports on Mondays. You know, Chad, we've got summer ball coming up. The AAU stuff is going to take a big step up here in the next few weeks. There, there's an opportunity for college coaches to get out and do some evaluation. But a lot of people are already thinking ahead to the next basketball season. I had somebody over the weekend say, Will you please ask Chad Gilbert, or I'd like to hear you and Chad talk about your early thoughts on next high school basketball season. I don't have a lot of thoughts on next season yet. We're coming off a year that didn't produce a lot of big winners, especially in the postseason 
for our local basketball scene. But if I do have one thought on next year, it's that Jeffersonville, with all of the sophomores, have a chance, I would think, not just this coming year, but in future seasons, to be really good under Sharon Wilkerson. Any early thoughts on the next high school basketball season, Chad? Man, has the high school basketball portal closed yet, or has it opened yet? (laughs) I think we'll have to see, you know, how stuff goes as uh, the seasons shake out. You know, you talked about that a little bit. Let me tell you about one guy who is, who is, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm not going to say relieved, but I'm going to say, I'm not going to say carefree, but I'm going to say not stressed. We played New Albion baseball. Sure enough, there's Jim Shannon there. You know, you, you see a couple of legends. You see Jim Shannon. You see Ernie Gum right next to each other talking to each. So, you, it, as a fan, you've got to go up and talk to those guys like I did. And so I got to got to get in between those guys and talk a little bit. And I told I asked Coach. I said, you know, it's that time of year where you're starting to vamp, ramp up. You're working your middle school kids. You're getting camps ready. You're getting summer ready. I said, that's got to be a lot less stress because you know you think about that summer. That puts dog years on you. So the years that you're playing on the New Albany Summer League, you're driving that mid-bus to Fort Wayne for uh, D1 camp, or you're going to the Charlie Hughes tournament. Coach Shannon's not. He's going to be by that pool with a cold beverage, enjoying it, thinking, <laughs> man, these guys don't know what it's like. Because, And that's what, as a basketball coach, you don't know what it's like until you've been out. You just think that's the way the world works. And for him, when he has that, he's going to be a relief. Now, I'm going to tell you this. He's going to miss the heck of it all next winter. He'll miss it bad in March. But then they'll come around summertime, that thing will go away because he knows everybody else is busting it really hard. But you said that, you know, going back to your thing, you would think Jeffersonville, you know, is loaded for next year. You think that they're going to be the favorites going in. It's going to be tough. I mean, uh, when you're, you went from this year, you've gotten all those kids' experience. Now everybody knows you're good. So they're circling that Jeffersonville game. You know, this is a big game for us. This is a big game for us. This is a big game for us. Uh, with New Albany's hire, the Bulldogs will make it tough on Jeffersonville next year. Mark that down. That will be a, a tough, grind them out type of game. Uh, I don't know if we have we talked about the New Albany coach, Matt? I don't think so. I think uh, he was approved uh, after you were on last Monday. So, you know, let's go back on that a little bit. With these new, Before we get back on that, one, to answer your question, yes, I think Jeffersonville is going to be very, very good, and I think they're going to have a very good season next year. But uh, going back on that, let's, let's retract a little bit from last week when we talked about all the new coaching hires. New Albany is the, you know, the first one to go ahead and get theirs done. I think they got a good one, Matt. It's going to be somebody who uh, puts in the time. He's going to be extremely detailed. Don't know, you know, I've not seen a team. I've not seen one of his teams play, so I'm not sure what's going to be like. But I've talked to people who know him, who have seen his teams play. Matt, does it sound a little Lewis to you? Does it sound a little like the uh, the way the old Providence teams, or the way the Providence teams play now? You used to play under Lou. Does it sound like it's going to be that style, that detail, maybe mixed in with a little up and down, with, depending on personnel? Is that is that the way that you've heard on your scouting report from Coach? That's the early read, I would say, but you know, you never know. He's obviously got a heck of a resume, and you would think would adjust uh, based on the roster and personnel that he has. But that could be a dangerous combination. And you know, you get in a team like that. Let's go back to a Jeffersonville, who is going to be very, very good getting up and down. 
where you run in that sectional, you know Bedford's going to grind you out. You know Seymour's going to grind you out. Now you've got New Albany, who has that ability, you know, based on different things, that they may grind you out a little bit. In those types of games, you know, when, when you've got the most talent, it's better to play in an 80-point game. You want to get the game up and down as much as you can. Because if you're in a 38, 40-point game, it just takes a bank in at the buzzer, and you're gone. Your season's over with. You can play them all, all night. You have a bad night free throw shooting. You miss one, guy hits a half quarter, it's over. So those games are Chad. tough to go against. Chad, I hate to cut you off. You're, you're talking good stuff here, but I've got to wish you happy birthday. I had a couple texts on the Thornton's text line. I had it in my notes as well. So uh, happy it, birthday. It's tough turning 40, en- Matt. It, it's tough turning 40. You'll know that one day. <laughs> You'll probably enjoy it at the Charlestown softball or baseball park tonight, I'm sure, but want to make sure we fit that in. Happy birthday, Chad Gilbert. Thanks for being with us on Mondays. Matt, I appreciate the run. Thanks for everything you do for Sunday in Air Sports. Hey, give me a call. Who's your Hills Hoop League coming around? Let's get together here soon. Absolutely. And that's going to wrap things up for this Monday program. Back with you Tuesday. Remember, no show on Wednesday this week due to Bats Baseball. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Hoosier.